0: The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City by the Rev. Dr. Robin Myers, senior minister in one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe that religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Dr. Robin Myers.
1: We're still in the first chapter of Mark, so if you'll turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 29 through 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, And they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Here ends the reading of the word inspired by God. May God grant to us wisdom and courage for interpretation. This
2: is a coming out text. At the beginning of Mark's gospel, Jesus leaves the synagogue. That is, he comes out to minister to people where they live. And he enters the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John and finds Simon's mother in law in bed with a fever. He takes her hand and lifts her up. The fever leaves her and the text says, quote, she began to serve them. Whoops, not not a very flattering moment, is it? That a sick woman should be healed just so she can jump up and start serving the men folk. There are five men in this room, they all have names. You'd think one of them would say to this woman whose name we will never know, but who is arguably the first deacon in the church, you just sit in that chair and rest up and I'll come serve you. Come on, guys. But that's not how it goes. And so again, in this way, this is a coming out text. The Bible constantly comes out as patriarchal. What happens next is another kind of coming out. That evening at sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed of demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. Wait, the whole city? That's a lot of people who came out because, well, there are always lots of sick people around us all the time, and where do they go? Now they go to the emergency room, especially if they have the flu and no health insurance. But in those days, there were no emergency rooms. In those days, if you could afford a personal physician, you could get care, but not if you were poor. And 90% of the people living in Palestine in the first century were poor. Many lived on the edge of starvation. And the word has gotten out, because this is a coming out text, that there is a new healer in town. So just imagine the scene. People with crutches, blind people with milky eyes, people limping, dragging along useless limbs, or permanently bent over or just people who have no idea what's wrong with them, but they can hardly get out of bed. And Jesus cured many, the text says, notice it does not say, he cured them all. And he cast out many demons, because in those days, it was a given that disease was caused by demon possession. So any self-respecting healer would by definition be an exorcist. Now, progressive people like us, we don't like these stories because, well, we don't believe in demon possession, but we're missing the point, they did. And if you believe you are possessed by a demon and can't get well until something or someone stronger than the demon calls it out, you are not going to call an acupuncturist or an aromatherapist or a biofeedback guru or a chiropractor. So, who are you going to call? A demon buster. That's who you want to come out so you can get the damn demon out. And because it was also believed that demons could speak, Jesus won't allow it. He silences them, and they know they've met their match. The text says they knew him. So this is a coming out text for demons. Then in the morning, while it's still very dark, Jesus got up and went to a deserted place where he prayed. When I read this, the first thing I thought was, I wonder where he went. Where did he go? If it was a deserted place, it was obviously not in the house, so we can only assume he woke up, walked out of the house early in the morning darkness to some place where it was quiet and he could pray, because he prayed all the time, as Laurie puts it, He was a praying machine. It's all that holds Jesus up. So to stay with our theme, he goes out so he can come out as a person who needs solitude and communion with what Marcus Borg calls the something more. Now let me ask you, do you have a deserted place where you can go? A place that ministers to you by virtue of its utter indifference to you? a place where maybe you can see the stars or where you can at least turn off your phone for an hour and hold open some empty space because that's what the spiritual life requires according to Henry Nouwen, the holding open of empty space. When they found him, the story continues, they said to him, everyone's searching for you. Today we would say, I texted you and you did not respond for an hour. (laughs) Is your phone turned off? Did you forget to charge it? Are you ignoring me? Wait a minute. Have we decided that a moment of solitude is antisocial? Perhaps for the sake of our souls, we need to come out as people who need to be alone sometimes. Perhaps a sort of do not disturb setting for ourselves. So after coming out of the synagogue and casting out demons all night, he goes out of his house, and then his friends come out looking for him. This is a coming out text. But if you wonder why I chose this particular phrase to examine the text, just listen to how Jesus answers them. Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, listen, for that is what I came out to do. That's how the text reads in the New Revised Standard Version. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. When I saw that phrase, and I read it aloud to myself, because I think the scriptures are meant to be read aloud, I thought of the modern connotations for the phrase, coming out. And no, it did not make me wonder if Jesus was gay although that would make no difference to me whatsoever. But it did cause me to see the whole text as a coming out. And strangely, the the whole life of Jesus as a coming out and the gospel itself as a coming out. So then I read the text backwards, if you will, through the lens of coming out. And I began to see that this idea is central not only to this story, but to the whole Jesus story. Just think for a moment about the definition of the phrase, to come out, it is an uh, an intransitive verb whose first dictionary meaning is to come into public view, make a public appearance. Now, we know that Jesus grew up a local boy, part of the large tribe of Mary, had siblings, may have worked as a common carpenter, but there's no evidence that anyone had their eye on him, that he, you know, glowed in the dark or stood on street corners and preached fiery sermons like John the Baptist. That is, until that fateful day when he came out in the synagogue and walked forward to read the Torah, choosing the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free. Did you hear that? Jesus comes out as the anointed one, and the first order of business is to preach good news to the poor. The captives get to come out of jail. The blind get to come out of darkness. The oppressed get to come out from their oppression. And notice he does this in public. He makes a public appearance. The second meaning of the phrase coming out is to become evident. As in the example, his pride came out in his refusal to accept help. The third meaning is to declare oneself, especially in public utterance, as in, she came out in favor of the proposal. Or uh, to turn out as in the results of an action when everything came out all right. Now maybe you're beginning to see how useful this phrase really is in reading the gospel. To become evident, Jesus comes out and presents himself as the evidence Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. He does it publicly, and as for everything sort of coming out all right, well, it certainly does not seem to end well for him in the short run, not on Good Friday, that is, until God comes out on Easter morning and says yes to Jesus and no to Caesar. Of course, the most common connotation of this phrase now is in reference to coming out of the closet and declaring one's real sexual orientation. In this sense, it's borrowed from the idea that to come out is to make a kind of debut, to present one's real self, to leave behind the deceptions of the past, and to live a more authentic, honest, and unapologetic life. Mayflower is a safe place to come out. And I don't just mean to come out as gay but also to come out as Christian. Even if that means leaving behind, coming out from all the baggage that the word Christian carries. So much, in fact, that countless people have given up on the idea of being a Christian They do it every single day. Church, I just can't do it anymore. I'm I'm, I'm coming out as an agnostic or a disciple of my local coffee shop or as a part of an online community where I can throw some truth bombs back and forth or in solitude like Jesus. Remember, even Jesus had to escape the crowd and be alone. Well, that's true. But it was always so he could turn around and go back to work, healing, teaching, announcing the reign of God and living his brief but spectacular life, if I may put this in PBS terms, in opposition to the forces that threaten to destroy human life. Jesus comes out as standing over against everything that destroys human dignity and denies human flourishing. Jesus comes out to do religion, not just to talk about how nice it would be if we were all more religious, He never says go and believe likewise, he does say go and do likewise, and that, my friends, is how the church could come out. I think the church should come out, come out and announce publicly that Christianity is a way of life, not a set of creeds and doctrines, mostly invented by the church to secure its own power. I mean, if you want to waste a lot of time worrying about the second coming or trying to scare people into believing they might be left behind, your time might be better spent reading the Sermon on the Mount aloud to yourself in whatever deserted place you can find. You might even want to come out as someone who doesn't give a damn who wins the Super Bowl today. Let's be real. This is our high holy day. This is the apex of a culture so enamored by and distracted by sports that we have become astonishingly Roman with our warring tribes, the patriots against the eagles, scantily clad courtesans who dance for us on the sidelines, judges on the field in striped suits, warplanes flying over, giant flags unfurled, and do you dare to take a knee? And all of it drenched in commentary so elevated, so hyperbolic, so reverential that one is left to wonder if all of our best words have been stolen from us. Today is the day we've all been waiting for. No, it isn't. (laughs) In just a few minutes, the biggest prize of them all will be decided, no, it won't. And then there's Tom Brady the demigod, the ageless wonder, the messiah of sports fans everywhere, really? I'd keep an eye on him around the footballs. (laughs) You see, in the madness of the age in which we live, where this facile argument is made every day that the profitable is also the virtuous, That power is righteousness, and the poor are expendable. It is the church that needs to come out. Come on out, church. Come on out, Jesus people. There's never been a better time for you to make trouble. Come out of your homes, your houses of worship, and stand with undocumented immigrants. Come out from behind your walled neighborhoods and meet the people that Jesus hung out with. He will hang out with you, too, but only if you stop fearing the other and start loving them as much as you love yourself, which is a lot. This made me think just how much love our president could show if he loved his neighbor as much as he loves himself. No greater love. I was at Home Depot the other day where I go in my baseball cap and work boots and jeans and so I go undercover as a deplorable and the guys in Home Depot will talk to me because I look that way and they have no idea. So I listen and I learn. And one elderly man who lives at Home Depot and has a long white beard like Santa Claus told me he was so excited about getting a bonus because of the new tax law, thanks to the president, he said. So if you've been here 20 years, he told me, you get $1,000. I've been here 18 years, so I will get $750. But hey, that's better than nothing, he said. And so I asked him, are your hourly wages going up? He said, no. $750. Come out, church. Come out and say it publicly. Become evident. Declare yourself. Make a debut. Show us something about yourself that you have previously kept hidden. It may be that you are gay, and if so, you are welcome here and can have your wedding here. Or maybe you need to admit that you are addicted to something and if so we can help you with your recovery here. If you're alone and lonely or on the edge of despair, maybe you're taking too many opioids. Yes, in this congregation there are people addicted to opioids and there are people here who want to come out as your friends in the beloved community. Come out church and tell the truth about the blessing that is science and evidence and the inconvenient truth of global climate change, so we won't go gently into that good night but rage, rage against the dying of the planet. Come out, church, and imagine yourself as a dreamer, someone who knows no other country but this one and loves it too. Come out as their advocate. Stand with them or hide them. Hide them if it comes to that. But don't think the world will change because you've met at church in the parlor and had some tea and listened to a devotional and then you go home and live in fear. Come out church and stand with young people who cannot afford to go to college even though they qualify and want to so badly because unlike most other developed countries, we make education a test of wealth as we do healthcare, as we do almost everything. In America, if you've got it, you will get it. And thanks to the myth of trickle-down economics, you will get more of it now than ever before. You know what happens when you throw a lot of money at the top? Most of it stays up there. So come out, church, in favor of the proposal that either all of us matter or none of us do. Come out as people who are willing to eat less meat since we don't need it and the price is too high for the planet. Come out as people who push their lawmakers relentlessly toward renewable energy because it is the future, but only if we work hard enough to have one. Come out, church. Come on out in support of the women who have bravely told us the truth about the reprehensible behavior of some men who think power is license and women are playthings. Come out, church, to resist the empire. The Pax Americana, an experiment in democracy and diversity, too important to hand over to the plutocrats. Come out church and tell the world that publicly financed multi-billion dollar sports complexes, our version of the Roman Colosseum, ahead of even decently financed public schools is a sin. It's a sin. And teachers who have to buy their own chalk and bring it to school, that's a disgrace. Don't tell me you love children like Jesus loved children or say ad nauseum in the church, they're the future, you know, while you cut their chances to succeed to the bone. Come on, come on out, church, as the fearless truth-teller you once were and can be again before it's too late. You know what we're trying to do around here, really? We're trying to come out. On Wednesday, we gathered for our first vigil outside an unmarked ICE office that is only a few blocks from here. What were we doing? Coming out. Then yesterday, dreamers came to a workshop here where they got some help filling out forms that might put them in a better legal place when the time comes so they have a better chance to stay in this country. And you know what? They were beautiful. And I told them, this is a safe place for you. And if you could have seen the looks on their faces, you would have known that in that moment they were coming out too. Meanwhile, down the hall, an addiction group was meeting while we were, some other people were cooking mobile meals and the church was full of the smell of rolls and meat and mac and cheese, and the spirit that hangs over this place was whispering, whispering what it always whispers if we have ears to hear. Come out. Come out. We're not here to get a certificate. We're here to get an assignment. Jesus came out so that we might also come out so that in a world desperate for love, love can come out because we're in desperate need of the church to come out so that our true mission might come out, so that if not in the short run, but God willing in the long run, things will come out all right. To finish, let me say this. I play hide-and-seek with my granddaughters, you know, hide-and-seek. I close my eyes. I count to ten, and then I say, come out, come out, wherever you are. Wait a minute, why do I say that? They are hiding. They they are not going to come out. I, I have to go find them, which is what makes church a little different from hide and seek. Because when I say to you from this pulpit, come out, come out wherever you are, I mean it. It is a public utterance calling for a public action to declare something about us that has been previously kept hidden. Namely, we should come out as Christian. We should come out as Christian. You know why? Because people are watching us. Lots of people are watching us. People who don't want to give up on church. So let's bring some love out of the closet, shall we? Do you have any idea how much power has been given to us? And you know, from those to whom much is given, much will be expected. Now, if you don't believe this, then I'll just leave you with a dare, come out and see. Come out, church, come on out, and come out quickly, amen.
0: You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Dr. Robin Myers, Senior Minister of Mayflower Congregation on UCC Church of Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services every Sunday are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. with adult education classes at 10 a.m. and a full church school for all ages is available during the second service. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street, a block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.